audio check. So this episode is kind of like a part two to our last episode, The Future of Compounding. I'm, I think I'm going to title this like The Future of Compounding Part Two or something, because uh, if you listen to the last episode, uh, Juan talked a lot about the auto compounder, kind of like a 3D printing solution uh, for compounding pharmacies. So we were able to get the CEO and co-founder of Vitae Industries who provides and produces that auto compounder to take a deeper dive into the future of compounding. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of RX Radio. I'm your host, Richard Waith, and I am very excited about today's episode because it's actually kind of like a part two. Uh, so if you listen to the last episode, we dived a little bit into compounding and what uh, the clinical roles of a compound pharmacist might be and some of the technology involved in and uh, in, that's entering the compounding space or is starting to gain a lot more traction. Uh, so stemming off from that conversation, I was able to get the CEO of Vitae Industries on the call here, uh, Janine Senanon Singh, the CEO and co-founder of Vitae Industries. Welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to have you on because uh, one of the ex- more exciting things about the uh, the reasons I wanted to have Juan on that last episode was kind of talk through some of the technologies and what was going on with compounding pharmacy. So I'm kind of excited to dive a little deeper into the product um, uh, the auto compounder, talk about kind of the, uh, the future when things that you have in the pipeline, uh, different markets you guys might be going into. Uh, but before we kind of dive into that, can you start by giving us like the origin story about yourself? Yes, sure. Um, I have a strange background, I guess, for even knowing compounding pharmacy exists. Uh, I'm not a pharmacist by training. Um, neither is my co-founder. We're just, uh, super nerds, uh, who, he used to build rockets in high school, and I ended up getting a computer science degree from Harvard, uh, worked in Microsoft for a few years, and then we ended up starting this company because we were really uh, excited about 3D printing technology and saw that there was it wasn't being really used well in the space for medication, even though there's clearly a huge need for, you know, customized strengths and doses and uh, individualized medicine. So we, you know, did some digging, uh, realized that there wasn't anything like it available and decided to start Vitae um, off of the, you know, with the idea that we would personalize medicine and make it possible to do anywhere from a pharmacy to a doctor's office. That's that's really interesting. Um, Now, why the medication space, I guess? I mean, this is maybe like kind of diving into were you were you looking at 3d printing and started looking at different verticals and found the opportunity or did it start the other way where you knew you wanted to be a little bit more involved in personalized medicine and then you were trying to find a technology that um that fit that role so great question a little combination of both so we we've always thrown around ideas uh in the medical space, I uh, tended to lean towards. So while I ended up with a computer science degree, I uh, did some worked in a lab and was, uh, you know, briefly pre-med like many uh, other students out there start their freshman year thinking uh, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then changing later. So uh, we both had, a, you know, strong interest in medicine from the from the get go. And uh, I think Daniel would have gone on to medical school if not for the company. Uh, and 
we, you know, the concept actually came about from realizing the problem space being so large where the dosing for uh, women specifically uh, or especially and the story of Ambien really kicking us in the high gear with a problem that was huge. And we didn't really realize ourselves either until we saw a viral TED talk by one of our now advisors, Dr. Allison McGregor, where she talks about and opens with, you know, Ambien was available on the market, approved by the FDA in one strength, 10 milligrams for two decades. And it was that strength alone just, you know, was sending women to the emergency room because they would wake up still sleepy with the drug in their system, get in a car and get in a motor vehicle accident, led to 2.5 times uh, the chance of mortality just by taking the sleep drug, which we thought was insane. Uh, and the solution is not just having the dose like the FDA made happen far too late to five milligrams, but to actually provide customized doses that are specific to the patient because we uh you know spoke with Dr. Alice McGregor and she said that she's uh, heard of patients nibbling off the end of their tablets and preferring the oblong ones just so they can try to attempt to you know customize their dose because the even the five milligrams is too large that's that's a crazy story I mean even today even with normal doses we're still hearing um you know uh, those types sort of stories and side effects so um, especially being a little bit more personalized is definitely a, a, uh, a need of the market. So that's, that's awesome to hear actually. So let's dive a little bit into the details of, uh, what you, the solutions you guys offer. Um, I, I know uh, Juan had talked about the, um, auto compounder, but if you can maybe give us a little bit more specifics around that product, and then if there's anything else in the product line that you guys have available, um, uh, we can go into that as well, but definitely want to hear a little bit more about, uh, the auto compounder. Absolutely. So the auto compounder is really, uh, you know, our flagship product. It's a platform and a suite of things that go together. Uh, we have our generation one in the field uh, at compounding pharmacies across the United States. And right now, the way it works is it sits in the pharmacy. It's a small footprint, so it sits on your bench top very easily. It's about a foot and a half by a foot and a half. We say two feet by two feet for simplicity, but if there are any um, other super nerds out there, it's uh, will actually fit in a server rack so you can stack them and uh, oh, operate nice. two or three at the same time uh, <laughs> if you wanted to do that uh, and save even more uh, counter space. But I digress. And the way it works is you uh, install it pretty easily. It plugs into your outlet, you USB into a computer. We have a desktop application that you operate the system from. Uh, it runs on Windows. And we've yet to see a non-Windows user yet, but um, I'm a Mac user and happy to help somebody get it working on Mac pretty quickly if that ever comes up. And basically, all you have to do is enter the formula you're making. So you enter the drug, basically prescription information that any technician would know. Uh, progesterone, 200 milligrams how many you want and, you know, what type of uh, packaging you're dispensing into or if you're using a different type of mold, like a reusable mold, you can uh, select that. And then all you have to do is you still have to prepare the formula with the product that product line we have available now, but you get to prepare fewer of those formulas than you would today. And what that means is 
there are a lot of, you know, strength variations as we'd expect in a compounding pharmacy that's personalizing medicine. Not everyone, people are going there because not everyone can use that single 10 milligram tablet on the market. So when you have a lot of different strengths for a drug you're making, you actually today without our system would have to make formula every single time there's a different strength, which is at least 30 minutes if you're lucky, sometimes an hour or more. With our system, you do this once. And all you have to do when you go to our software, once you've prepared the formula, so you can make basically a stock concentration, you go to our software and you just enter the dose or the uh, strength uh, right into there and it will figure out how much to dispense given the formula you have uh, into the right spots and do it pretty rapidly. It prints about, uh, you know, depending on size, the larger it is, the slower the print time is, but it's still on the order of, you know, a second to two seconds per per dose. So really let's compounders who are compounding today streamline their operations, save a ton of time with uh, making fewer formulas, which is the one remaining time-consuming step, which um, I'm sure we'll get to... Uh, you know, something that either automates that or eliminates that step for people in our future product lines. Uh, but for now, there's this uh, cartridging system that keeps it contained, makes it easy for the system to dispense accurately, and also makes cleanup uh, as easy as throwing that cartridge out once it's used. Now, what type of dosage forms can that uh, print? Great question. So I like to say, if it's a liquid under conditions we can reach easily-ish on planet Earth, we can print it. So basically, we do trochies where our system maintains heat at, you know, a number of different temperatures that can be uh, changed. So trochies, suppositories uh, are what uh, we launch the product with. We are releasing support for oil filling into capsules in the Janssen 100-count capsule filler next month. Uh, and we are also working on, uh, you know, formulas for the veterinary market. So we can support certain vet chews and other formulations that again, if it's liquid at some point in the process, uh, we can dispense it. Awesome. That's, that's amazing. Now, uh, one thing at, at VUCA health. So we, one of our products, uh, helps pharmacies print less paper, uh, by providing patient education through a QR code. Uh, one of the benefits of that is is not only can they save money on paper and toner, but uh, just not dealing with like the operations of, uh, you know, putting a paper in a bag like like over time that just starts to add up in terms of how much time it takes that people are wasting dealing with paper. Is there some form of like uh, measurements or values that you guys have in terms of like how much time can this save uh, a compounding pharmacy? I'm sure it probably, you know, varies depending on the type of um, like you had mentioned, like the dose and the printing time and things like that. But is there some sort of like average or general um, uh, values that you guys have or data that you guys have around how much time it, it could potentially save pharmacists like um, um, having their machine in their in their pharmacy? So in terms of the time savings, there's uh, all the time that you now can reallocate when a person who would normally be filling a trochee mold, which for the fastest person that I've heard that's reasonable takes at least two minutes. But realistically, when you cut out more steps like polishing at the end, 
the cleanup and other things, I would say it's as much as five minutes per prescription with this type of product and longer for others. All of that time is now time that you have to reallocate because that's when the printer is operating and that's when it's printing out these doses. Now, if you let us, uh, and we offer this to every one of our customers, we're help them look at what their uh, products are that they're compounding that are relevant for the system and offer an optimized solution for their workflow to streamline their formulas. Because, you know, in the case of the, you know, time savings for uh, making just your regular one gram trochee, that can reclaim hours of time a day. And basically, when you let us help you optimize and make some changes so that you move your strengths into the streamlined formula system, now you're talking about easily, uh, you know, half of half days every week of savings, uh, depending on how often you're compounding. So I would say probably on average, there's immediately with a few changes to your uh, operation, at least a a third of the time can be reclaimed and then reused to do something else. That's interesting. Well, that that makes sense in the terms of like, it's not necessarily speeding up uh, the creation of a particular product, um, which I'm sure that'll, that'll come. But if anything, it's more so just not having a person actually do the labor of that particular process and allowing them to do something else. So that's, that's, that's yeah, interesting. Exactly. The other value our customers are uh, finding and also a really important thing to, you know, value in compounding is quality of the products you're making in precision. And there's uncounted hours, minutes, days every year that someone comes in uh, and is having a bad day or something goes wrong, things come out inconsistent, you have to start all over again. And the one thing about a machine is that it does the same thing every time. So doesn't matter who's operating it, doesn't matter if they're, uh, you know, they'll always show up to work and always perform the same. <laughs> Makes sense. Now, switching topics just a tad here, uh, obviously, um, you know, most people that are living in the world today is going through a pandemic and uh, uh, dealing with the coronavirus response. And um, it's pretty much impacted almost every company and every industry. But um, I do think Juan had mentioned that uh, there's something that your company is doing uh, to help uh, with uh, with the response. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. What we're doing is uh, for direct uh, COVID responses for uh, hospitals, we are 3D printing, I guess, for quick context, uh, some of we've created a 3D printing based system for the compounding pharmacy, and we use more traditional 3D printers uh, to make certain parts and make certain accessories for our printer. So we have a number of 3D printers uh, available in our office with time to print and materials. And we uh, are printing a Y connector for ventilators so that you can double or even quadruple the number of patients you can serve with a single ventilator. So it really increases the capacity of the few working ventilators that hospitals have. And we've been distributing them to uh, uh, Rhode Island State Hospitals. And I know that uh, in when we uh, released this, there was a design for this Y connector that's available online uh, that anybody who has a 3D printer and wants to help can go print and provide to a hospital nearby if they need it. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, it's crazy to see the like how 
3D printers have really been helpful with. Uh, I've seen people create like these things to help people with wearing masks and uh, making the mask like not as bothersome on the ears. So, um, so much. Yeah, there's stuff. so many things you can do. A lot of flexibility, and that's um, the the real beauty of uh, 3D printing for making uh, certain low volume things that you need a lot of customization for. But I know for some of the, uh, they're great to wield in this crisis. Uh, but I know for a few things, if you can get, spin up somebody to mass manufacture something that doesn't need to be customized, it's that's a huge win too. <laughs> now, speaking of that, you had, um, one thing you had mentioned previously was that you had, even though you're the 3D printer for the auto compounder is one thing, but that you have other 3D printers to make things for the auto compounder. Did I, did I get that right? Yes. So we have used uh, 3D printing with the, you know, tradition. We have a form labs printer, some other, uh, uh, other FDM printers, and they make certain parts. We use them to make uh, some of the trays that we provide to customers. So one of the reasons that we're able to quickly provide support for new molds that a new customer might have uh, even custom ones that, you know, some of our customers have customized molds that they've made for their pharmacy operation. And we can quickly support printing into any of those, not only from, uh, you know, instant cloud software support side, but we print 3D print the trays that hold those uh, molds in position inside the 3D print, inside our auto compounder so that the printer can find exactly where uh, where to print into. That's interesting. That's awesome. It's like a, a great like cycle that you guys have going on there. It's amazing. Um, so what's in the pipeline? Like what, what's the, what's the future look like for, um, uh, for Vitae industries in terms of, uh, maybe new products or services that you guys might be offering in the future? Yeah. Great, great question. So we're expanding our footprint right now with our current generation based on, you know, feedback we're continuously collecting from our customers. Um, now and you know including uh you know beta testers like Juan uh is we're rolling out uh support for as new dosage forms as they become uh relevant for customers so i know like the oil filled capsules that we're supporting next month uh are new for us but don't require any uh major hardware changes so that's where we ship a tray and provides new software and then everybody with our product has the ability once they purchase the right tray to hold the capsule filler in their machine to be able to print that type of thing. So we'll continue adding different dosage form support. One that we have on our longer term roadmap is a rapid dissolve or oral dissolving tablet, which has uh, come in and out of favor depending on uh, who you talk to in which state. But that's on our longer term roadmap for the dosage form side of things. And then on the uh, machine side, we're always, you know, looking to improve the uh, base model, whether that's supporting a high volume scenario with a larger capacity cartridge or adding on uh, either consumables or other devices to automate or eliminate the formulation step. And one thing I'm, I mean, I'm really curious to know, like, with all the amount of technology that you've created and being that we're in a time where it seems like it's just all kind of beginning, 
do you have a vision or do you see devices like these, um, like an auto compounder, let's say, like being in the con- in like the average consumer's home? Because obviously now regular consumers have uh, 3D printers, but, um, you know, that's for, you know, little things that are not involving medications. So how like do you see a vision of these sorts of devices in people's homes? Um, like what, what's your thoughts on that? So my opinion, uh, I have a pretty strong opinion that in my, well, my lifetime might be pretty long. I think that this generation might live very, very long. Um, But I think that the likelihood of 3D printers being in a consumer's hand is many decades out just because of regulations. At the end of the day, you would still need to get the drug to them unless it's a printer that is synthesizing said drug, in which case the likelihood of that being a size and price that a consumer could afford is a few decades out, I would say at the earliest. Uh, But I do have the vision and opinion that the fastest route to getting closer to the patient, because I do strongly believe that these types of uh, production uh, uh, devices need to be closer to the patient. Healthcare is close to the patient. Uh, and we expect these to be in physicians' offices where allowed and urgent care clinics, for instance. We've had some interest from, uh, clinics for one of the dosage forms we support that compounders will, uh, include as a trochee is, uh, what a layperson might call a gummy. Uh, we can make it a bear shape if we weren't worried about children eating too many of their medicine, but, uh, chewable, gelatin-based gummy bear that they can provide to patients right after their appointment if a medication is prescribed and very rapidly so that they get a customized form, they uh, are able to get the correct dose in a solid, easily measurable, no liquids, no messy liquids involved, no incorrect measuring with kitchen tablespoons, and they can get it right there right when the prescription is done. So I see it getting much closer to the patient, but not necessarily inside the home. Because I'm, I'm thinking of a time where, um, or even like, I guess, some of the doctor's offices as well. But I'm thinking like if you introduce a pharmacist to the verification of or like authorization of the, the auto compounder to actually mix something or make something. So like, you know, I would picture a time, obviously, this is quite far out, I'm sure, but let's say I have my own um, auto compounder at, at home because uh, Vitae was super successful and this is what we got to. So I have a Vitae auto compounder in my house and I get, I'm taking one particular medication every month. Let's say that I need to get mixed and the cartridges get mailed to me. And when mm-hmm. I put the cartridges in though, it doesn't, it can't mix until it gets authorized by a pharmacist to mix mm. like digitally. Like I, I, that's, that's something an I would interesting see. idea. So how, how much percentage now do I get of this idea? If you, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, help, help me do it. Then we'll do good. <laughs> well, we, we have a lot of pharmacists tuning in that I'm sure would be extremely uh, willing to volunteer to test out this, uh, that, that new solution by verifying things from their own home. So, um, awesome. But that's, yes. That's another conversation for another day. But anyway, that, that's. I, I agree. I'm like, anybody is a lobbyist out there, yeah. then, then we might have a business. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I, one of the other questions I had was about um, traction in terms of expanding to other sectors, but it sounds like you kind of just touched on that in terms of, um, you know, potentially going to like doctor's offices and, and hospital systems and things like that. Anything else to add to that or? 
Uh, I mean, in terms of uh, those tend to be thought of as uh, human places of treatment, but obviously vet hospitals, vet offices, also vet compounders, pharmacies are also in that mix too. All right. So moving away. And globally, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. So um, in terms of uh, kind of outside of uh, outside of Vitae, is there some healthcare company that's really um, either perks your interest or something that really excites you about um, healthcare? Um, anything in particular that you're super interested in or excited about um, that you can share with the listeners? Yes. So uh, I'm another one probably saying this, but since I was, uh, since I was really young and I think even elementary school, again, super nerd here, uh, was obsessed with genetics, was fascinated by it. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot more of work to be done there, despite us coming so far already that that's really exciting to me. And the ability to the other, uh, you know, bit of me that I, I love data and, you know, they're making, uh, genetics, genomics, something that becomes a data problem, which is a software problem at the end of the day. Uh, so you can think about AI, predictive things, things that don't get us to Gattaca, of course. And, uh, that, that, that bit is, uh, the most interesting thing moving forward. Uh, I have little, you know, biased, I guess, maybe because it's, uh, in the precision medicine field, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that's where there's both a lot of amazing growth recently, but still so much further to go. Yeah. I mean, things like Coumadin, like Coumadin clinics, I mean, the, the amount of, the amount of, uh, different doses that's needed for someone with potential genetic variances, um, you know, and, and to ha- be able to have something like a product like yours, uh, at scale to be able to, uh, be ready to serve um, that uh, healthcare with that environment. I mean, that's that's definitely some exciting things to think about. Yeah. All right. Last question. Bonus question. If you had to take one person out to dinner, uh, and that person has to be alive and famous, so we should be able to mm, research boo. them later. <laughs> Who would that person be, and why? Uh, they have to be alive, and they can't be a past presidents or a current. Okay. President. That and um, that was not an issue okay. for me. <laughs> Um, oh, Bill G, Bill Gates. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I worked at Microsoft for a bit and I'm a little bitter about him stopping throwing his, uh, intern party at his, uh, house there because some intern really screwed up some year. So I just, I want payback for that. (laughs) Wait, so he threw intern parties? I have not known about this. Yeah. So, uh, I both during college, I interned at Microsoft and then worked full time there, uh, after, after I graduated from college and, uh, a couple years, uh, I actually don't know exactly when, but it was a long enough term tradition where Bill Gates would have the like summer intern, uh, party or get, uh, you know, festivities, which they still do just not at his house with him there Mm. until, uh, there is some irresponsible behavior by an intern. It's funny. It's always, always maybe some other reasons too, but <laughs> that's, that's the rumor and legend. Interesting. Well, that's interesting. And he's obviously doing a lot of uh, great, interesting philanthropic work and in, you know, the healthcare space and in other places. And uh, seems like a cool guy, just cool nerd. I want to 
nerd out with. Yeah. <laughs> if I got, if I had a chance to sit down with him, I think the, I would primarily ask about like his feuds he had and like stories he had with, um, Steve yes. Jobs. Um, I think that would be an interesting Palmer. thing to hear. About. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, anyway, a lot of history. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Janine, this was a, a really great conversation. Um, if anyone wanted to connect back with you or learn more about um, Vitae Industries, what would be the best way for them to do that? So step one, uh, you can go to vitaeindustries.com or you can enter it in Google, maybe Bing, but <laughs> I don't know how often that happens anymore. Uh, you can email me. Uh, my email is Janine, J-E-A-N-I-N-E at vitaeindustries.com. Uh, and if you forget that, you can use the contact form on our website and I'm pretty sure that there's other uh there's a office phone number and another email on there too. Awesome. And I'll include all of that information uh in the show notes for the podcast. Janine, again, thank you so much for being on the show for uh, your time and your insights. Really appreciate it. Thank you. you guys enjoyed that episode i would love to hear your guys's thoughts on uh you know having a auto compounder in the patient's home i mean uh you know i, I think it's something that could potentially happen uh, especially if you have some of those safeguards in place obviously there's some rules and regulations that'll potentially prevent that but like reach out to me connect with me on social media let me know what you thought um about the episode uh and and what your thoughts are on potentially having some form of a, a auto compound or a 3d printing medication solution for patients at their own home if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating if you can. Really appreciate any feedback on the episodes. As always, thank you so much for tuning into the episodes. I really do appreciate it, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Pharmacy.